This is Brain Diet, episode 180, Women and Resistance Training with Jessica Gunn. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I can't wait for you to listen. Jessica Gunn came on and we had the best discussion about women and resistance training. And resistance training is something that is so close to my heart for a variety of reasons. And I feel like in this episode, we really, really encapsulated that. And she was so eloquent with her telling her own story and also discussing why resistance training is one of the best things. One thing that I thought was so powerful was she was 37 years old when she started. And when you listen to her describe where she was at physically, mentally, when it came to exercise and nutrition, she says, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And when you hear her story and when you check out her Instagram, she has put in so much work and is such an inspiration. So I am really excited to share this conversation with you with Jessica Gunn. She's amazing. I also just want to insert a quick reminder for the self-care with an autoimmune condition masterclass that I am offering. The registration is in the link in the show notes. So you can check that out and register. Otherwise, let's get into the conversation with Jessica Gunn. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm delighted because I have here with me the strength training boss babe, Jessica Gunn, and I'm so excited about it. Thank you so much for being on. No, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Yeah, I I just, we were just talking before this and strength training, especially in females is so important and yet so underutilized. So that's where I want to begin is, well, actually let's begin with your story and then how that transitioned, how you got into being a trainer and strength training and all those things. And then we can kind of get into the other nitty gritty details. So tell me <laughs> your story, it. the meat of it. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to start. And I feel bad. So many people have heard this. Um, I, I think I'm the typical woman slash mom that has, you kind of get wrapped up in life, right? Raising kids. I lost a little bit of myself. My health was not the priority. And, um, at age about 37, I didn't recognize my body, but that wasn't the biggest thing that I think, um, I don't know, mess with my mindset of how I felt about myself. It wasn't like I looked down and I, I did have some of those self-worth issues. I think a lot of us go through, but it was more of, I didn't like how I felt. And that was a huge thing because I don't know, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but I, by the end of the night, my husband would come home from work and I was so crabby, so irritable. And he'd come in, he'd be like 10 minutes. He's like, I'm leaving. Like what I haven't been here. What I do? Like, are you, you know, what's wrong with you? And which of course makes you more mad. I'm like nothing. So the mom guilt was terrible because they'd always say like, why do you snap at everything? Why are you so cranky? Um, you know, you were happy the first couple hours. And then it just caught up with me. And again, the mom goat was too much. And so, uh, my final straw for what I feel like was super pivotal. And I hope other women and, and men can find this is you have to have a reason other than the scale and fat loss, because I tried that for years and years and years. And it, I never stuck. Like I did something for two or three weeks and I was like, Oh, I don't see changes. I really want to eat the cookie. Screw it. I'd hate sweating. I don't like exercise. And so when I could shift from 
um, having a pivotal moment. And I think it's so helpful for everyone to define something similar to this is mine was my daughter who was really little at the time was brushing her teeth. And I'm standing next door, making sure she hits them all. And I, I hate bathrooms, even my own. Like, I just don't like germs. I like to keep them clean. And so she drops her toothbrush in the sink. It's my own bathroom. It's not even a big deal, but I totally lost it. I was super irritable. Like, what are you doing? I've got to clean the toothbrush or get you a new toothbrush. Like, I just want to go to bed. One of those moments where you're like super embarrassed, but it's just being a mom, right? Mom of four kids. And, um, she looked up at me with her huge blue eyes and was like, what did I do this time? So in that moment, I realized this has nothing to do with how far my hips sit over on the toilet seat, right? Or what I look like in the swimsuit that fit me last summer, um, which is what I always thought it was. It was, I don't feel good. Something is off. And my kids will never remember how skinny I was, but they will remember how I made them feel. And in that moment, this is how my kids are going to describe me. And, um, it broke my heart. And so from that point forward, I realized that I'd always try to eat as little as possible. I had tried some cardio things. Cause that's kind of just what we're taught. Um, and it never worked for me. I just, in fact, I, I hated my body and myself and felt like a failure cause I could never stick to anything. And so I just kind of gave up, but this time I decided I had to focus on becoming healthier and what I was eating for the first time I realized isn't about how much I was eating. It was looking at the quality of what I was eating. So I didn't even look at calories. I couldn't have cared less how much I was eating. It was just like, I knew I was eating a ton of sugar and treats with them and ice cream at night and a couple sodas to get me through the day. Right. And so I knew that it was helping. And I also needed more movement. So that's kind of how my final shift to where I had to, and this was years and years and years of trying, right. Where I finally realized I have to focus on something different and sustainable. And it meant rehauling my entire lifestyle. So again, it wasn't like eating as little as possible to change the scale. It was no, everything about what I do has to change, but I'm going to start very, very small, which was years to get healthier. And so fast forward, I don't even know, three, four months later, the same daughter, I'm in the kitchen. I I'm opening the fridge. She says, Hey mom, you seem happier today. And I was like, yeah, it's been a fine day. Didn't think twice about it. And then she says, no, you seem happier. You don't yell at me anymore. And that story always brings tears to my eyes still. Um, cause it, it was a payday because I had sacrificed so much, not eating the treats and all the candies. And like, I'd really tried to like cut out the obvious things, which to me was sugar. Um, it was really, really, really hard. And I, then when I saw, okay, again, the difference wasn't the scale moving cause it wasn't moving. Um, and the way I wanted it, but my daughter was happier and saw a change in me. And so to me, that's what kind of built the, okay, I want to build this body into something better and whatever it kind of ends up looking like, I have a, a hopeful idea, but I don't really care what it weighs. I just have got to build a better version. So that's when I decided I got to help every other woman feel the same way. So I got certified and knew nothing. Cause I'd never been in a gym and worked out in my life. Um, learn how to build my own body on my own with so many wonderful people that let me train with them and help me and taught me things. Um, I learned how to eat on my own. And then in two years decided that I had grown enough that I'd started a you know brand and built a company and I don't know how it's all happened so fast, but now I've got an app where I'm able to help other women do what you do also of like helping them realize it's about building and changing the lifestyle and the habits, but in a way that's different, how I, I used to think coaching and, and strength and diets and all that whole health thing worked. And that's why it's stuck. That's why it's a lifestyle now. So you and I are on the same path of like, just wanting to help men and women realize it's, it's the mindset of what you're doing and how you're doing it that can change everything. Yeah. Well, and you just saying there, you're like, I don't know how it grew so fast. I'm like, I do because it's for one, it's so valuable. And two, it's because when you can teach someone something from that point of view of saying, 
if you want to overhaul your entire life in the best way, then here's how we can do that mm-hmm. versus just eat this to lose weight. Like obviously yeah. one is so much more compelling. And so it's so, it almost makes me emotional too, because I'm like, I just <laughs> feel all of the, the things. There's just so much, so much more to, to the number on the scale, you know, the way that you look on the outside. And when you can really start to take care of yourself in that way and, and live more than just for what it says on the scale, that's when life gets good. And I know like, and you and I both know, like, it's easy to say, set aside the scale. It's easy to say, don't worry about fat loss. Right. I get that. I went through also, but I promise like when you go about it with the right mindset, like we teach people, um, you, you really can see things that you can build that you're confident on. And then as the body shifts and cause you know how like people talk about, like, I always thought I just want to get skinnier, but really when I got skinnier after, you know, making all these nutritional changes, I still didn't like my body. I was like, I'm at the goal weight that I always wanted to be. I can't move how I want. And I still have skinny arms and no butt and no leg lines. Like I can't do a push up, can't do a pull up. And that's when the shift was like, this isn't about this never on the scale. It's about building and sh- um, shifting your body composition. And that's where weights came in. Yeah. Changed my whole life. Oh my gosh. It's one of the unfortunate parts of I mean, just media in general, social media for sure. But I think just what we're sold is we think that weight loss and skinny will give us the body that actually weightlifting will give us. I remember thinking like when I was in college and I had this whole Pinterest board of like exercises and it was a lot of just cardio stuff and having these like inspiration bodies, which now I just like shudder to think about, (laughs) but realizing that, right. I know, but to look back at those physiques and recognize like that isn't just eating less. There is so much more that goes into the way that these bodies looked. And the majority of it is strength training and muscle building. And so that's what I just am so grateful that you do is, is it is about building. It's not about trying to be smaller and, and more insignificant, but it is about building your body. And not only does that give you the external aesthetics, but it also gives you like strength and longevity benefits, which Mm -hmm. skinny will never give you. And so it's just like such something that is so, I'm so passionate about. And that's why I just am obsessed with you, but you know, know I love it. No, I love it. The energy is exactly it. Cause we need more people out there because it's hopeful, right? When you don't see that scale change and you're sacrificing a lot and it doesn't move in the direction you want, which we know scales don't change the weight, weight loss can, I mean, you can not lose weight because you're eating too much sugar to bad gut health to stress. You know, there, we under, as coaches understand there's a lot of reasons. It isn't just eat quite just less. And so our self-worth kind of can, can coincide with that number, or you feel like a failure because you're doing all these things. And then we've quit all together, but like, you know, building as slow as muscle growth can be, you feel confident because I can guarantee you guarantee you, you will get stronger because you lift a certain weight, so many reps, you know, following my program or someone else's program. And then all of a sudden you can, instead of doing 10 pounds, you're at 12 and a half pounds. Now you're at 15 pounds. So you give something the factually you are progressing at. And then as you and I know, along all of that fat loss will come with it, but the primary goal is focus on something you can build because it builds your confidence, which is huge. That transfers to every aspect of your life. Right. And I feel like the possibilities are so much greater than just like the lowest body weight, like the possibilities Mm -hmm. of what you can do with a body and muscles and muscle development are so far beyond, I think what any women especially can imagine versus some of us under this idea of like, if I just get to the smallest number possible, like that's so limited. And so that's what I love about it is it's so good for confidence, but, but also just the things that you can do, like you kind of blow your own mind with what's uh-huh. possible. And that's one of the great parts of life that I think makes life worth living is, is seeing what you're made of. 
Yeah. I, so the goal, I always had this goal weight that I want to get back to, cause I would kind of get back to it between my four kids. So in my head, that's where I was like the happiest, which, you know, I wasn't even happy. Then I wanted to be five pounds less. You're never happy with where you are. Uh, and I got to that number, but that, that number where I am now, oh my gosh, is almost, almost as of today, 14 pounds, I'm heavier. And so to tell someone like 14 pounds heavier, I'm like, yeah, but like you were saying, you look at the body compositions. I was a stick with zero shoulders, uh, zero muscle, I, but, I, but that's what I wanted. I just wanted to get to that number on the scale. Uh, that body didn't move and it didn't feel real great, but I, I have, I've put on and I fluctuate with bloating anywhere from 10 to 13 pounds. I am heavier now because I've, I'm built different. I'm a different body and I'm still lean. Um, the skinniness is probably the equal the same. I just... And bigger because of what muscle does to you. And I'm okay with that. Like I'm fine that the scale is that much heavier because I can do more, but it's, it's yeah. kind of hard to wrap your brain around. And, and it's just a shift, right? To recognize that number one, the scale is such a small representation of what's actually happening in a body. But number mm -hmm. two, it is also not indicative of visually what a body looks like. And so that shift I think is one of the most powerful things women can do for themselves. Um, I want to rewind a little bit because when you say you had this moment, I want to make a change. What were some of the first things that you started doing? You mentioned like cutting mm -hmm. out certain sugary things and um, maybe soda or whatever else, but yeah. tell me more like what those first steps look like. Yeah. And this is kind of what I focus with coaching a little different. I, I always say do what works for you. So if you are a personality, cause you have to look at your personality traits. We are not all consistent. We, some of us get anxious. Some of us get easily overwhelmed. Some of us loved details and organization and numbers. We aren't all the same. So if you are someone that has those traits, macro tracking is great for you because that's how your brain works. And you don't feel like a failure. If you can't do it, the majority of us can't macro track in the beginning. I was one of those. It was so overwhelming. And then I felt, I actually just, I, I literally developed disordered eating because I would rather not eat than figure out the macros in that. And that's a problem, right? I had shame. I'd go, I couldn't go out to eat with my family. Cause I'm like, I don't know what's in that. And I have to log it into my thing and I'm not going to lose weight. And that's when I realized this is messed up, but I realized some people do fantastic with it. My personality is not such. So you have to look at what are my strengths. Um, so I knew I wasn't starting with that. So for me, because I knew this is a long haul game, I didn't want to diet or just cut sugar for a month or go on a challenge. I wanted to change it, which takes a long time, right? As coaches, like one thing I'll always tell people is if you walk in a forest, a thousand feet, you, you can't walk 10 feet to get out of it. You got to walk a thousand feet to get back out of it. And so those habits I've had ingrained of eating whatever I wanted for, I'm, I'm 43 now, a long time. And so I just looked at, okay, I made a list of everything that I was doing that probably wasn't the healthiest. Whereas like it was small amount of vegetables, uh, probably too much fruit. I overslept zero mobility. I had no step count. I mean, all the things, zero protein. I was like 60 grams of protein a day. And it was so overwhelming of all the things that I could change not even like per se cut out, but things I needed to add. So I just decided I'm not going to get overwhelmed by any of this. It gives me hope because I have a roadmap now. The only thing that makes logical sense for me that was easy is cutting out some of my treats and sugar because sugar kills me. I have such a bad, it just wrecks my emotional state. And so when I looked at my day, I would of just looking and writing down all the crap that I ate through the day. It was, it was a couple of sodas. It was chips with my kids. It was fruit roll-ups. It was a bowl of ice cream at night. Like there was just a lot of treats. We'd make cookies every day. And um, and those things are great in moderation. I have a treat every single day, but my day was full of these high carbs that just wrecked me. So I cut that down. And so you can, some people can go cold Turkey. Cause it's just like, nobody got to cut it all out. Um, I tried that once. Um, but I also suggest like when I, when I realized I probably had six treats in a day that I'd eat, 
um, I went just, I spent a couple like weeks to just five. So I would only give up one thing that I wanted, but I, cause I knew I still had, you know, four or five more. And then I would, another couple of weeks later, I would go down one more tree. So I don't cut cold Turkey on anyone, unless you again have a personality that you can handle that. And so as I got people myself used to going down and down and down, you know, I, three months later, I was now down to three treats. And then a couple of months later, I was down to two treats. And then I, I kept those because everyone needs some sort of treat every day, but it wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to count calories. I'm going to cut this. So I can't eat this. How does this fit in my tracking? It was just logic sense to me of, I knew if I cut out four treats, I was reducing my calories and there was no nutritional value there. And so I didn't even look at adding vegetables or more protein. I solely focused on cutting out treats. And then when I got that down and I noticed a change and my daughter said, Hey, you're acting different. I realized I'm never introducing that sugar back in because I had a, I had an experience where she saw the difference, um, which was kind of like seeing a scale move. I was able to see the emotional scale move. So from the next thing that I did was at that point I learned, okay, I got to start looking at protein. I don't even know what that is. Um, realized I was at half where I should be. And so I spent a long time just increasing it by 20 grams. And then a couple of weeks later, increasing it by 20 grams, looking at what I liked. So I have a theory called plus one with that to where if you are having two eggs in the morning, just have three. If you have four slices on your sandwich, a ham, have five, right? A breast, a chicken, have a breast and a half a chicken. Um, and then you're eating things that you like, you know how to prepare and you've increased your protein by many, many grams. Then maybe add one quality protein shake and now you're where you need to be. So that's what I recommend to everyone else is just look at your snacks, reduce them. Cause that's a good calorie deficit without tracking and then increase your protein worked for me. Oh my gosh. And I, I feel like so many people will resonate with that just because of the simplicity of that. And that's one of the things that I really emphasize with my own clients is when it comes to protein, most of us have sources that we like eating. Mm -hmm. And so when we can just develop the awareness of where in our diet it's coming from, and then just add a little bit more, it makes some of the change and getting some of those higher protein counts, maybe not so daunting. And so I yes. love that theory. Plus one, that's amazing. Um, when did you begin some of the resistance training? Like, had you ever been to a gym before? Did you, what was your, <laughs> no. Okay. So tell me about that. <laughs> like when I tell people there is nobody weaker or wimpier or less knowledgeable, less coordinated, like picture us. Cause I'm five eleven, a giraffe, like in a China shop trying to dance. It looks like I'm having a oh seizure. My That's what I felt like in the gym. I got nothing. <laughs> and so I'm not an athlete. I've never played before. And so when I say, if I can do this, you can too. Like, I don't want to hear a single excuse. There's no excuse that can beat the laziness that I had. So, um, I spent all of 2017, um, let's see, when did I enter the gym? All of 2017 was looking at sugar. Pretty much. I spent the whole year doing that. Um, just because I didn't know what else to do. I never looked at a calorie label. I'd never tracked anything. Easy. I ate whatever. Yeah. So the whole year was reducing that. And then I started doing a at home hit program that I paid 20 bucks for a month. And I hated it. It was awful. Cause I hate cardio, mm -hmm. but it taught me. I didn't see a whole lot of change, but it taught me to stay consistent with something. And it was a 20 minute workout, but I did it to Grey's Anatomy. So it took me 60 minutes. So I didn't even get the effects of the hit, but it taught me to show up three times a week. And that was huge for me. Cause again, I preached, it's all about consistency. I don't care what you do. So then I decided at the end of uh, 2017 to get certified. So that's when I entered a gym and I started training as a trainer, but also learning what to do with weights at the same time, which I don't think my first clients knew I was that like so far as a yeah. beginner, but I, so pretty, pretty much it all started in 2018. And the thing that helped me kind of shift and maybe some of us have had this. I mean, and again, I'm a very visual person. And I remember standing on the gym floor and I had a couple of uh, trainers that just took me under the wing and let me lift with them and taught me. And I, I 
credit so much of this to them. And I remember standing there talking to him. And then I looked in front of me and there was like a big cable machine on the main floor. And then the second floor was all the cardio. They were like ellipticals and treadmills and they were facing down on the floor watching us. So I had a great visual of this cable machine and then all the treadmills right above them. And I was used to going up on the treadmills, right? And ellipticals. And I was looking at those women and they they looked so unhappy. They were tired and sweaty and hunched over and they were there for hours. And I saw them every day and I wasn't seeing changes, but they were so diligent in coming in. And I didn't think twice about it until I looked down and right underneath them on the cable machine was this strong looking woman that was about my age in her forties. And she would do, I'll never forget. She would do a couple pull-ups and drop to the ground, do a couple push-ups, and then jump up. And I just watched like, as she went up and down and I was like mesmerized. And so I said to this guy, like, I want that screw that up there. Like I want whatever she's doing and that strength and confidence that she exuded. So a couple of months later, I would watch her in the gym all the time as I focused then on more strength training. And I went up and asked her, I said, you have no idea. Like you literally changed and shifted and pivoted my entire concept of life. And, um, how many pull-ups can you do in a row? She said, oh, I can do 13. So I looked at her and I was like, well, I just dead hang and can't move two inches right now, but I will do 13 pull-ups someday. And so this was like maybe a year ago, I did 13 pull-ups and I bawled. It was just like when you work hard enough to achieve a goal. So I'm in the gym, not fat loss, but to achieve a goal. And my whole goal was to strengthen my body to be 13 pull-ups. Um, and that's kind of when the shift started. And that was beginning of 2018. So I've been lifting now, you know, my gosh, that four or five years. And it'll be the rest of my life. Yeah, it really, that makes me emotional just thinking about that because I've had similar, mm-hmm. similar moments where you just cannot believe that you've gotten this far. And <laughs> and again, that you can go farther, just like, like we're, we were saying earlier with, with strength training, it's like our bodies are amazing. And, and when we have a goal, it completely changes the mentality versus when the goal is, is performance over weight loss. I think it completely changes the mentality. So let me ask you a question, because this is something I'm super passionate about, but very few coaches, I think, address it this way. Mm. Um, The difference between why we're in a gym and this to me shook my entire mental perception of it, which I think was really, really pivotal in seeing results. So I'd love to hear your perspective of like so many people that we talk to, I myself, right? I only speak from things I've done myself, Mm. go to exercise for fat loss. So they'll, I'll get questions or or DMs saying, Hey, I want to join your app and your workout program what is, which the programs is best because I want to lose 15 pounds, right? Which workout do I need to do to lose body fat under my arm? Um, I got a wedding coming up. I want to lose 20 pounds, which workouts to do that. And I always would say, oh, it's this, this, this. And then I stopped and realized like there is a massive shift. If we don't exercise for fat loss, that's nutrition and daily steps and proper sleep and reducing stress. That's, that's what got you overweight. That's, what's going to get you under, you know, back to where you want to be. We exercise for a totally separate reason, which is nothing to do with burning calories. The main motive is, you know, heart health, changing the shape of the body, mobility, strength, all those things. Like, do you find also that everybody equates like exercising only as punishment for burning off calories of cake they ate, or if they ate bad, they stopped exercising. Cause why would I exercise if I'm still eating bad? It's initially right. Like anyone that is very like cold audience to me that we meet, that is often the case is it's like, Hey, you know, I, I want to lose 15 pounds. I've got a wedding coming up. We've got a beach vacation coming up. What can I do? What type of exercise? What should I be eating? Uh And, and I don't know if you've noticed this. I mean, you have been to many different gyms, but I just know at the gym that we go to, I have developed relationships with a lot of people there. And again, this is my own anecdotal experience, but the people that have been there every day, every week for the last five years that I've been there, not a single one of them is there for fat loss. 
they are there for all of those other reasons. Now, again, that's just my, it could be my own confirmation bias, but I talk to people about this. It's what I do. And so I'm always intrigued in, in getting to know people and getting to know why they're there. And not once have I talked to a person there that is one of the regulars, have they said, oh, I'm here, I'm trying to lose five pounds. Mm -hmm. It has always been it helps with my mental health. It helps with my sleep yes. quality. It helps me manage my stress. It helps me be a better parent. Like not kill my kids. <laughs> right. No, exactly. It is, it is my me time. And I, I encounter that with a lot of moms there at the gym. And it's something that just warms my heart because once you can make that shift, it makes consistency a lot easier. And so, but it can be a shift because we get so focused on, I want to look this way because I'm going to be happier and more confident when I look this way. And I, I believe that I should make my body smaller because that's always what society has told me. And and I have so much compassion for when people feel that way, but when they can shift that why, it's like the heavens open because it's like you don't even know what you have given yourself and what possibilities you have yes. created and opened up for the rest of your life. Totally agree. Hey, that's probably it is. That's probably the yeah. piece I'm most passionate about because so many women will stop my workout program and I'll ask, great, give me feedback. You know, why are you canceling? And they'll say, Well, I didn't lose 15 pounds. And I wanted to, and I'll say, oh, you know, I, I respect that. Like, I remember being frustrated when I wasn't losing body fat either, but I'm looking at all your stats that are kept in the app and you've gone from an eight pound bicep curl to a 25. And she's like, I know I'm so proud. I'm like, so then why are you quitting? She's like, because I didn't lose body fat. And I said, you don't join a workout program to lose body fat. You join to get stronger. You cut your calories and you eat differently and all these other things to lose body fat. She's like, well, I wanted to keep eating the same stuff, but I thought your workout program would then help me lose body fat. So to me, it was that understanding of like how the fat loss, but muscle bodying, muscle building process works. Cause they go hand in hand, right? You have both, you burn calories exercising. Yes. Not as much as your watch says you do. And we eat them back very quickly. But if you can separate the mental, you will always continue exercising because don't you find like, and it, honestly, I go between six different gyms and our gym is the only one where people are there mostly for, um, performance-based stuff, a lot of athletes. And so, um, I do, I go there cause I'm really inspired, but a lot of the other gyms that I'm at, those are the women that I'm meeting. And it's just like, Hey, what did you do to lose your body fat? And that's why I'm here. I, I want to burn more calories. And is what you're doing going to burn more calories than what I'm doing over on this bench? And so I've had so many conversations of, I I've never tracked my calories once in a gym. That's not why I'm here. I, I, I work on my nutrition at home, and, and, and eating and, and balancing all that and the stress and the gut health. And that's what helped lose body fat. And it was like, I don't know. It just, it's such a powerful thing to understand that they go hand in hand. But the problem that I see is with these clients is in the summer, especially when you're overeating and right, we have pizza or soda and all these things, your calories are way up. We think, well, I'm going to keep doing that on vacation for the next couple of days. So I'm going to stop exercising because there's no point because I'm still eating all the calories or they'll quit because they're not seeing fat loss. And so if we can separate that mindset shift of there's zero correlation and exercise isn't a punishment because of the cake you had last night, just like you said, all the reasons we've listed and to change the shape. So you always want to work on changing your shape and the mental you know, aspects and the cardio health. So eat like crap, eat fam- fabulous. We still exercise. And so I think it's more of understanding the nutrition side of how to eat the right foods that make us feel better, that are easier, that we can make a lifestyle, but it's easier just to go exercise. But you'll see so much more value and change with eating better with the fat loss side. And then combined, it's a powerhouse. Powerhouse, powerhouse indeed. And two, one thing that I have found in terms of educating my own clientele has been, like you mentioned, that exercise isn't what directly leads to weight loss or fat loss. And I think it's so 
comical and sometimes unfortunate to see like all these workouts, the fat burning workouts on TikTok. Yes. And it's like, yes, you're burning fat, but that doesn't mean you're losing fat. <laughs> and that type of education is really important that it's like your energy intake is what's going to determine that. So you could lose weight and not be exercising at all. Or you could be exercising for six hours a day and be gaining weight because what determines that is going to be the nutritional element. And that's such yeah. a, um, a light bulb for a lot of people. And hopefully it is an element of freedom to be like, I don't have to slave in the gym to get results. I just have to be paying attention to my energy intake and something else to address what you said that I, for has been my own personal mental shift is when I have had higher calorie days or even vacations. I used to be where there was so much guilt and so much shame yeah. and all the things. And now because most of my eating is very strategic and intentional and, and, and is done in the, with the intention of feeling well, that now when I have those higher calorie days, it's much more of like, this can go towards building something. Yes. Like not only do I not have to feel guilty about this, I can actually use this yes. to my advantage. Yes. Your butt's going to get bigger in a good way because it's yeah. going to you know, strengthen those glutes. Yeah. yeah. Like I love that. 180. Yeah. I love that. So, <clears throat> what are some of the other common objections that you hear or not objections, but just maybe difficulties that women have when it comes to strength training? No, this is a great question. Cause I experienced all these myself. Um, I was afraid I was going to get bulky mm. and you know, I'm afraid to increase protein because I thought I would somehow look like a man. And then now <laughs> lifting for so many years, I realized it is so much harder to put on muscle than I so thought. Hard. And so, yeah, when a woman will tell me, I don't want to get bulky. I was like, do you know how hard and long I've been working for this muscle? Like it doesn't have, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can control that with your calories, your protein, you can control it with how your rep ranges. And so that's the beautiful thing is you can, you can build the body and, and control how large you want to get it, but it's so hard. Don't even think about the bulky aspect, right? That's something your boyfriend's told you, or you've heard online. Um, so when we can get past that, I think getting injured, right. I'm going to get hurt. Um, and I think it's sad that we've equated that. Um, I, for me, um, I've worked with a coach for a while. Cause I think everybody should have a coach, every single Agreed. person, right. We don't learn to play the piano on our own unless you're super gifted, but the majority of us start at chopsticks and we go very, very slowly. Right strength training, learning how to eat properly. It's all the same thing. It's learning how to play the piano, starting at chopsticks. And it takes years to progress. Um, and the more you practice, right. Just like on piano, the better you get. And that's the same thing with learning all of this stuff. And so, I mean, the first couple of years were such a waste. The whole first year I lifted, I still didn't hit anywhere near my amount of protein. Cause I didn't realize it. And I was drinking crappy protein shanks from Costco and things that weren't fueling my body. And I was doing super high reps and, um, over-exercising. It was just ridiculous, but I was me showing up doing the best I could. And I was proud right, of myself. Right, totally. I got a little frustrated after a year of like, Hey, I'm done being proud. Now I want to see changes. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, it was just the idea of, I need to pay someone to help me understand form. And then, because if I was nervous about that and lifting, then I need to learn how to have better form, right? Instead of being scared of not lifting up a heavier bait, well, I can just use to do it smarter. So something I teach, I actually, I just did a post like yesterday on this is when we stand, right? Oh, I I'm that. protected mm -hmm. because I screw in my feet in the ground, like smashing a bug or, I mean, I don't smoke, but like putting on a cigarette, right? We all get that visual. My whole lower body is locked in place. You were to shove me, everything is squeezed super tight. And then you pull your shoulders down and back, right? And then you, you tuck your butt. So now my core, my glutes are involved. I'm basically in like a standing plank. And so there's no swinging, swaying my back, lower back's never going to get involved in it because my butt and core are protecting it. And then I can massively move, you know, whatever weights I want. Um, but I think that's something that, that we just haven't been taught because we only know what we know, but people are afraid, which gets to a deeper level of your question. They're afraid to pay for coaches. And I'm not even talking like a one-on-one -on -one coach. Cause I know they're expensive. Cause we we've, we've done that. 
but I'm talking like my, my, my plan, you can get it for 35 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month, depending on how much you want out of it. And then that's like a two trips to Subway for my family in a month. So I don't, I'm, I'm always like, I know you can afford this. There's gotta be a deeper reason uh, because understanding how to move properly would take away that element of lifting heavier, which is a big element. And I think it comes down to, cause I experienced this as the lack of self-belief. So you'll have to tell me how you feel on that is. Um, I, I tried so many plans from home and I never stuck with them. So I failed over and over. I tried fat loss. I never knew how to eat properly. I failed all the time. I spent a year lifting weights and still didn't know how to do it. I, I have the ability and the mindset of I'm not going to give up. So that's the only reason I kept going and going. Um, but there's a lot of self-belief of I'm not going to be able to do it. So I'm not going to pay the money. Um, but I think I wish if we just realized that all of us, have, all of us needs coaches. I have a business coach. I have my own coach. I still meet with, I, I lift with guys yeah. that, that I'm mm-hmm. always learning. And so I figured I'd create my own program to then teach women those same things so that they can get over that so that they can understand how do I choose a weight properly to find failure? Cause you've got to know where failure is. Mm-hmm. And then you feel safe moving it. But those are some of the things I've encountered. Oh, no, I, I think that resonates a lot with what I've seen as well. And I think there is this element of like people dismiss by making excuses, right? There's a lack of self-belief, but then they kind of code it with, oh, you know, I'm just too busy for that. Or, oh, I'll do that later. I don't have the money. Exactly. And it is one of my favorite things to coach on. I love the nutrition element. I love the fitness element, but what's going on in people's brains is my favorite to dig into because when someone can take a step back from the thoughts that they are thinking about themselves and kind of disconnect from that from them a little bit to be able to see oh my gosh i've had this sentence running around in my mind that's been dictating so many of my decisions and so many of my behaviors and it's also an optional sentence this thought of maybe i can't do it or maybe i won't be good enough at it or something like that and when they can really create some separation you know, it doesn't matter. They they don't need someone to be like, oh, you should be doing this. That's when they create that internal motivation. And that's what I just love seeing with, with clients is when they can create those mindset shifts because they're the only ones getting in their way. Mm -hmm. Nothing else is stopping them. Not, not usually finances, not time. It's, it's always our own minds. And we kind of, like I said, code it with excuses, Mm -hmm. but when someone can make that choice and that change, man, it is, it is magical to, to watch in people. And so I, I love that, that element. And that, that is often what holds most people back. Great. I like how you said that. Uh, cause it's a story we tell ourselves and that's, I had literally decided I'm this five foot 11 bean pole growing up, right. I'm an ectomorph body type, just zero athleticism. That's just who I am. And then when I realized like I could actually shift that with a lot of help, uh, you, you don't have to stay in that same role. And and I love that that's the, what you're able to help teach people. And I'm able to help teach people is you aren't stuck with where you are. It's hard, but I think the biggest takeaways is time, mm-hmm. right? It, everything takes so much time. I, I spent a year working on just reducing my snacks and then whatever the scale said, it said, I, I just, I knew that in the long run, this would all pay off. Um, and so, yes, here I am five years later, um, but it, I mean, you, you can attest to how fast it goes. It's like, yeah, it's five years, but look at all that I've done and changed. And it's now a lifestyle. Um, and I, I, I love the other thing of, that you said, where if we can take the self-belief because we use so a lot of times I get it right as a coach, I'm sure you've heard that it's the money to invest in it. And I want to say, well, I can help you find it. I you know. And they'll say, well, I'm paying for panel lessons for my kids and hitting lessons for my son's baseball coach. And I'm like, but then 
why can't you spend $35 on, on your health? You know, you're paying for an eight-year-old's hitting coach, which mm-hmm. at eight years old, like eight, really? Um, but we, we always put people first. We just, as, as, as women, as mothers, that's so natural. I did it myself. So for, again, it's a deep issue. Like you said, get in their mindset of why, why can you pay for the eight-year-old hitting coach, right? They're not going to college next year, but you won't invest in the movement and exercise that will make you a better person. And then I think a lot of times it goes back to what we're talking about is they know that they can't commit to the eating plan. So they don't want to commit to the exercise plan because they're, as people say, right, it's, it's correlated. And so that's my mission is like, you can still exercise every day and build your body and eat however you want to eat because they aren't correlated. You'll see better results. You'll feel see faster progress, right? When they're both on board, but you can still don't have to change all your nutritional stuff. Just get yeah. some movement in and that, and we'll look at it for different sources of, of like you mentioned earlier, mental health and all those. And I think people would be more apt to sign up for something when they knew it was okay. This is to strengthen my body to help with mental clarity, all these things. My, my eating will be a slower process. I don't have to fail at both or succeed at both. It's just where you are, do what you can. Well, and here's what I love about what you just said is that it is such a long game in the best way. And I think we limit ourselves when we tell ourselves, I want to do this in 12 weeks. I want to do this in six Mm -hmm. months. And so I think that is something that gets in the way for people is they put some sort of timeline on it. And when you can go at your own pace and say, I'm going to work just on treats for a year, I'm going to work just on getting familiar with the gym for a couple of weeks, when you can give yourself permission for it to take as long as it takes, I think it can be scary because people are like, but if I take forever to get to my dream body, then I'm never going to be happy. And that's a whole other mental work that I love to do. But how do you combat that when you have people that get fixated on timelines and what really is the most beneficial is, is 10 years, 20 years, that Mm -hmm. type of perspective when it comes to muscle building aesthetics and just overall health and body composition? No, again, a great question. Um, I, I personally like to just draw from what, because I've experienced those same emotions, right? You and I, I mean, we don't talk about anything we haven't lived ourselves. So I, I get these frustrations. Um, I, again, started lifting it first because I, I thought, okay, I'm going to see fat loss. I quickly realized due to the example I shared that, oh my gosh, that's not the exact, that's not the role because you have action plans, right? You have an action plan to lose body fat, which also loses muscle. And there's a different, different action plan to lose body fat and keep muscle. There's a different action plan to lose body fat and gain muscle, right? Totally different action plans, eating and fitness wise. And I didn't realize that at the time. So now when I, when I get this with, you know, somebody that's struggling with this, Um, I try to come up with goals and then share what I do. And then people modify it right to what works for you. But like you said, long game, I, everything I do is so freaking long. So I, every single year, starting with the very first year, a couple years ago, I take a year to get better at something. And then I work backwards on every single 12 months. So the first thing I wanted was to do pull up. So I spent a whole year working on back exercises. Now I did muscle splits that covered everything. Cause I realized you have to strengthen all of it. But my main focus was being in the gym of strengthening my back. So I went above and beyond. I read you, you know, articles. I looked at YouTube videos. I put an extra time. I mean, I, I followed people. I looked at people. Everything was just diving into strengthening my back to get better at pull-ups. I spent a year and now I can do a billion pull-ups. Then the second year was like, okay, I conquered back. My back is strong, but what do I suck at? Now I want to, I got to work on something else. I suck at it was chest press. I am horrible. So I would get my dumbbells and the most I could dumbbell chest press flat bench was like 25. And I had spent months stuck at 25 pounds. No matter what I could do, I could never pick up the thirties. I would only get three or four reps. And I was really frustrated by that because I want to see change. So I thought, well, this is something I suck at. I obviously don't know how to do it well. 
I'm going to give myself all of, and I spent all of 2019, an entire year focusing on chest, meaning I did through like three chest workouts a week. Now they were varied. I know how to do that. So you don't overtrain, but that was the primary focus. And then I did everything else in between. And so when I go in the gym with that goal of, I've got to strengthen my back now to support my chest press, because it's so much of your, your lats, which people don't realize, but through all of my researching, cause that gives me a purpose in the gym or at home, right? Wherever you are, I ended up going from 25 at the beginning of the year. And at the end of the year, I was had 65 pound dumbbell presses. So I, it, when you view it as changing and a challenge, um, it blew my mind. And so then of course, then I, then the one I always, always put off is lower body. And so I spent an entire year getting better at understanding hip hinge movements and squat movements. And so I hired a coach, like I go in twice a week, like I'm okay sacrificing more because to me, I really wanted to, I want to learn and I want to just like piano, right? You don't say, I guarantee piano teacher, I want to play Mozart six months. They'd laugh at you. Mm-hmm. And so we can't do the same thing. It's learning how to do something. So again, not everyone can take 12 months to work on something, but it unleashed all of the guilt of I'll fail at this. Um, and I had fun learning. What do I do to get better at this? And then I've, then I worked on arms and then, and so I just literally, I've taken a year and then gone by body parts. And so you can do the same thing with nutrition things. Um, really di- look into how does certain foods impact your body? So it's not fat loss, but how do I respond to this? Why am I bloated? Let me eliminate, let me add back. Let me try different brands. Um, and so it's kind of like a fun game and along the way you get stronger, but your body does shift and you will lose fat. Man. I love that so much. And I, I think that is, would be such a powerful change for a lot of people to make is to think less in terms of weeks and more in terms of mm-hmm. years and years. And that's one thing years. that I have talked to my audience about is like in the last three years, I think I've done one fat loss phase. Like otherwise I've been either at a maintenance or somewhat yeah. of a surplus. I've been in, in kind of build mode and Whereas before that, and, you know, growing up for most of my life, it was like, okay, how can I get smaller? How can I make sure that I lose more fat? And, and to, to think that you could spend years, years eating enough and not trying to lose fat. In fact, doing a little bit of the opposite, trying to build, it would have blown my mind to talk to myself about that 10 years ago, but it's such an empowering thing to be able to have that knowledge to manipulate, uh, and have that patience and consistency with the time that you're spending. What would you how do you deal with clients who uh, are fearful of the gym? I know with some yeah. of the women that I've worked with, it can be a, a totally, it, and I have so much empathy for this. It can be intimidating, especially yeah. when you have people that are really strong or like yeah. in our gym, there are a lot of like yeah. badasses. Yes. And so how do you navigate that with clients mm. to help them develop some confidence and to overcome some of that insecurity? No, I've got a good answer for this one because I've <clears throat> I encountered that a lot. I, um, because I started out at home, I started out by doing VHS tapes, the firm, which are like decades old that a friend gave me at a garage sale. Mm -hmm. And it was, I had five and eight pound dumbbells. And then my two girls did them next to me. And I have video that I share on my online of holding one of the daughters held a remote control, which was my youngest. And the other held a can of corn. And we did the whole videos together. Um, that's where I started. And so now I can dumbbell one arm row, 80 pound dumbbells. You know, I gone from five to this. And so it's just the journey is the process. So I always think, how did I go from wanting to stay home and hide in my little, you know, pajamas and do this with my kids to where I am now, because I did get to a point where I outgrew my weights at home. I was like, I can't keep buying more expensive weights. And I also knew that I wasn't, I I didn't, there wasn't enough energy for me 
I, I would, my attention would get diverted. I would go take the kids somewhere else. My, it was so hard to get my workouts at home. I personally could not make myself do it. So then when I decided that I wanted to get trained and teach other people, I realized I have to enter a gym. I've, I've, I've got to get a job. Like it forced me to do that. So to me, that's, that's where I went and I didn't necessarily have a choice. Um, and then I had guys let me lift with them. And so I had a very easy transition now looking back, right. So, so to be transparent, that's, that's how it worked for myself. But what I do with clients is what I wished I would have had, which is take the workout you do at home, right? So like I have a home program and a gym program. That's how I separate them. There's not different phases. Building is building. It's a progressive overload plan. So someone that works out at home says, Hey, I want cable machines and barbells. And I like the energy of the gym. I can't seem to ever get my workouts in. That's not a priority. So I said, well, then change it up make it a doctor appointment every day, go to the gym. You'd be amazed how many people will exercise if they get out of the house. It's an appointment. There's energy of people. They can watch how other people do form. You make some friends, you got a support group. Like I, I, not everyone does, but I love being there. So I say, if you choose to go to a gym, take the home workout you're doing and don't switch to my workout plan at the gym, take your same dumbbell onlys and do them in the gym. So, you know, what weights to use, you know, how to perform the movements because you've done them over and over and you're watching me do the tutorials on the exact things, you know, so they're already confident in those workouts. They've been doing them for months. So now you're in the gym setting, getting used to that, seeing all the people around you. People really aren't watching each other. You make a couple of friends, you watch how people use the cable machines and then adjust the machines, ask one or two questions. And then as that confidence grows, slowly start adding things in, or then you can switch over to an entire gym program because you're now ready for it. But I found that's helped a lot is just taking what they're comfortable with, just changing the environment and it's an easier well, you know, transition. Yeah. I, I think that's such a great tip. And I also want to address, it's a little bit of a pivot, but it's something that I think is so important when it comes to resistance training is progressive overload. Something that you mentioned yeah. is a huge part of your program. Can you explain what that is and why it matters? Yeah. It changed my life. Two things that changed my life was hitting my protein and with good supplements, not mm -hmm. like I mentioned, mm -hmm. crappy ones, which I didn't yep. really understand the difference. Mm -hmm. uh, I just wanted whatever was a coupon at Costco, but that really was a deal breaker hitting protein. Um, and then progressive overload. So in my head, I would do, when I first started, I did the same tapes over and of the firm, right. Over and over and over and over. And then I, I would find random Instagram workouts, YouTube videos. I was all over the place, but I was so proud because I was moving, which is wonderful. Right. I, I was lifting weights. I was doing something very, very proud of myself. Then I realized I wasn't seeing the progress I wanted. So that's when I was, I was learning as I entered the gym, the idea of progressive overload, which is you stay on the same workouts, the same workout um, for the week, and you repeat it week after week. Some people do it for eight weeks. I get bored to death by four, so I do mine at three. So, um, and that works for me. Every coach is a little bit different, assess the needs, right? But so for me, I have three weeks where I repeat Monday through Friday, set of workouts. The second week, I repeat the exact same exercises. It, the workout plan looks exactly the same. The, the deal is though, you must make it more challenging. So this forces you to grow because I tended to stay with the same weights and reps over and over and over and over because it was my comfort zone, right? But then we don't see progress. So that week two, I'll go to do my same bicep curls. I must change something. I must progress it. So we can do that either by adding more weight, which a lot of times is hard. I mean, I'm barely getting my, you know, on a lateral, you know, a, a, a side raise. You can't yeah. jump up upper pounds. body movements or, oh or, my gosh, no. So yeah. you can increase or progress each workout by more weight, by adding more reps, because if you're doing what I ask you to do, which is finding failure. And if you can only do 10 reps and literally can't lift an 11th rep, you know what adding one rep is. If you're like, Oh, it's easy to add one rep, then honey, you're not lifting heavy enough. Mm -hmm. Cause when I'm at 10 reps, I, you couldn't pay me $500 to lift an 11th. That's how heavy it is. So when I finally work for weeks, and again, I mean, weeks at getting an extra rep when you're one past failure, 
that is like Christmas to me. I can now do an 11th rep. So you know where failure is, right? Or add another set. Um, you can change tempo, meaning that if you're bench pressing, right, let the weights come down slower, which is so much harder. Or when you're bicep curling, let them come down slower. Right. And so when you, um, add that tension for longer, that's also progression. So then that's week two and I'm proud of myself, right? I'm recording all of it. I'm seeing change week three, again, same exercises, same exact workout plan, but I must make it harder again. Um, and that's where I've seen growth. And you also get, you have to do the same movements over and over and over and over and over. Cause that's how you get better. And I, I think a lot of times we want variability and I'm bored with this plan. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like that's lifting. You're going to be bored. Yeah. You do the same that's five different things mm-hmm. with a different way of holding the weights over and over. So I hope that, I mean, even at home, you know, you can do it even for two weeks, just something that makes you repeat the same workout, but you must do it more challenging, a little bit harder. Uh, and you're so proud of yourself because you realize, oh, I can do a little more. Yeah. And that's another data point that I love to assess because it's one of the things like within the CrossFit world, how you're tracking how much you're lifting with the strength training Mm -hmm. every single day, every single week. And so it's like, I've got years of just these data points that I can look back and be like, man, I can see so much of what was going on for me versus again, just focusing on like, well, what does the scale say? How do I feel about (laughs) myself today? But it's like, that's why data I think is so valuable. And I'm so glad that you, um, mentioned the failure because that is something that I've encountered women are very afraid of, of pushing themselves to failure. And again, I can understand completely why, but when you can do that, that's when you open up the chance for growth, the chance for that real building and shift in your body that I think is so incredible. Um, I want to be mindful of your time. So thank you so much for what you've shared. Where can people find you and how can people work with you? Well, thank you so much. Um, my business is my last name's gun. So it's gunning the number four fitness. Um, I've got Instagram account. I'm about to launch a YouTube and podcast. So we're within about a month of that. Um, and that's the same with my website. So you can pretty much find anything you need just through Instagram, uh, at gunning for fitness. But like I said, the main thing I want women to understand is it's never too late. I started at age 37, having never done a thing in my life. Um, and if I can do that with four kids, um, anybody can do it. Right. And just know that it takes a long time. You might have to hire some help at some point, but we can get healthier. We can get stronger. So that's why I say, if you want to move, feel and look different or better or stronger, um, it's, it's not too late. You haven't missed that boat, but you've got to do it by eating right and building. And as you just said, lift heavy weights and find failure. I find failure on almost everything I do. So I, I mean, I love that. Cause I'm like, I can't finish this last rep. And then I know exactly where I need to be. It's, it's an awesome feeling. I love that. And I feel like your whole Instagram feed is posts of like, oh, I could save that and reference that. Oh, I could save that and reference that. Oh, I need to save that. Like they're just, they all have so much value. <laughs> so I will highly recommend checking, uh, Jessica and her gunning for fitness Instagram account out. It is just so invaluable. Thank you so much for coming on today. Well, thank you. I appreciate just being able to share as you can tell I'm passionate and I love being able to connect with other women that get exactly what I'm saying. It's just a really cool. Likewise. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.